When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast, or as I'm calling it today, the Rudo Show. Because it's just you and me, chat. And also Tiff. But you and me, chat. We're going we're gonna to get it, get it together here. Come a little bit closer. A little bit closer. We're talking about Eric Carlson today. Eric Carlson's pretty good. I don't know if he's that good, though. Does Eric Carlson make the Pittsburgh Penguins a contender? Ah, does it make them better? Yeah, I think they're probably better than they were before this trade. Can they really compete for a cup with an aging core with an Eric Carlson? I don't want to say no because, you know, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Eric Carlson. That sounds pretty darn good on paper, but... I don't, I'm not a believer in aging cores. We'll put it that way. Before we get into all that, let's actually cover the trade itself because there's a lot of moving parts. It's a lot of moving parts. A lot of moving parts to this trade. Uh, Pittsburgh gets Eric Carlson with a million and a half retained, so his contract is $10 million per year. They also get Dylan Hamelick, uh as a junior AHL prospect and Rem Pitlick as well. They give up a whole bunch of stuff, uh, both to San Jose and to Montreal. Montreal gets Jeff Petrie, Casey DeSmith, Nathan Ligare, and a second-round pick. Uh, San Jose gets Granlund, Jan Ruda, a first-round pick, and then they also get Mike Hoffman from the Canadians. Canadians, I should say. Uh, The first-round pick is top 10 protected, but... I don't think that should matter. Pittsburgh should not finish in the bottom 10 this season. They should probably make the playoffs unless something goes horribly wrong. First of all, this is a little bit weird from the Sharks. They only get a first-round pick. Now, you can say that this trade is entirely incomplete for them because they will almost certainly be looking to move Mikhail Granlund either at this deadline or the next, as there's two years left on that deal. They'll probably look to move Jan Ruda and Mike Hoffman, too. So there's probably a lot more work for the Sharks to do on this deal as they have to flip for picks for the most part, if not prospects, given that they are essentially just full rebuilding at this point. Um, TBD on that one. Montreal's side seems fine. I mean, I guess they went out and got Jeff Petrie. Uh, Pittsburgh did retain a million and a half on, on Jeff Petrie's contract, too, so whatever neat i don't really know where montreal is i don't know if this really moves any needles for them as far as them trying to push in whatever direction it is they're going i'm sure they're 
trying to get back into contention for playoffs, but uh, I, I don't know. I think that gap might be a little too big for them. Uh, yeah, I, so the thing is, like, I don't think it's all of their bad players, Brad. Like, yes, Mikhail Granlund was very bad for Pittsburgh in that stretch, but that's a good hockey player. That's a dude who's going to give every team but Pittsburgh 40 to 60 point seasons pretty automatically throughout his career. And and this is where I think the value of the trade gets a little bit weird for Pittsburgh. Not that it's a bad trade for them, but you're giving up away a Grandland who, while he didn't work for you, is a quality NHL player, and I would expect a rebound season for him. And you're picking up an Eric Carlson that, yes, he was a 100-point player in San Jose who had no one else to turn to and just gave him free reign to do whatever he wants. I don't think Eric Carlson's a 100-point player in Pittsburgh. I don't think he's even close to a 100-point player in Pittsburgh. So you end up actual, like, point difference. I don't know if it's really going to make Pittsburgh that much more productive. And obviously, Carlson comes with a ton of baggage of four years and $10 million, which is a whole other conversation that we'll get to in a little bit. I See, I don't think Granlund is actually that bad other than his stint in Pittsburgh at the end of last season, which was terrible, for, for sure. It was five points in like 24 games or something, I think. It was really bad. Before that, it wasn't that bad. He was playing okay hockey in the first half of last season. Not amazing, but certainly way better than it was in Pittsburgh. So I don't know what it was about Pittsburgh that just didn't click, but... I really do think he will rebound this year. I don't know if it'll be worth $5 million, but he'll rebound, I believe. On the other side, how long can Eric Carlson keep being good? Again, I think it's ridiculous to think he would have another 100-point season, if only because he now plays on a team with Chris Letang, who's going to eat into those offensive minutes. There are only so many. There's only one puck on the ice at any given time, unless the rules of the NHL are about to change drastically. So I really do wonder now it's pretty easy to say he'll get the top power play role in Pittsburgh and getting to play with Crosby, Malkin, all that should provide an option for him to produce a lot of points. But I just, he will not thrive in the same way he did in San Jose because of Crosby and Malkin. There will be, have to be, honestly, a lot more deference to some of the forwards and strong players in that system that San Jose, frankly, just didn't have very much of. So that side of it will be interesting. I, I, don't, I don't know. What do you think, Chet? Do you think Pittsburgh is actual cup contenders here? Or is this like the death throes of an aging core that's that's running out. Honestly, I, I had him roughly right around there too, Irish. I, I, I'm expecting like a 60-ish point season from Carlson this year, which is strong for a defenseman, but that's not worth $10 million of cap, which is what he's cost in Pittsburgh. I think it's really, really hard to get value on that. I, I, but... I don't know. It's just a very complicated thing entirely because, yes, they took on EK's $10 million and they still shaved off $3 million of their cap. They saved money on this somehow because San Jose. 
I don't know, Tiff. Do you think EK is the truth? So uh, one thing I think is going to play a huge factor is Gensel just got that ankle surgery. And That's true. he's not going to be in anytime soon. Um, so that kind of... <sighs> That's one thing that I think is really going to affect them. Um, I don't know if Carlson is... I don't know if he's going to be able to do it because he's going to be just like that second... going to be like that second pairing guy that just like... I don't... I don't think it's going to go very well. Um, the one thing I am shocked they haven't done anything with is Tristan Jari. They keep giving him those extensions, and I think Pittsburgh is only going to go as far as Tristan Jari is going to take them. We've seen, like, yeah. they've, they've gotten, you know, they've, they've grinded it out these last couple of seasons, and Jari's kind of been the one to, like, fuck it up for him. In a, in a way. But. No, I, they're, they are very unstable at the goaltender But I will say, sure. like, getting rid of DeSmith was also surprising given that they are giving Jari so many chances. It's like these those two have been such a like participation trophy tandem <laughs> to me that yeah. like I'm kind of surprised that they got rid of both, but it's are they uh got rid of one and not both, but I don't know. Um I think Jari is going to be the real difference maker yeah. in that hey, look his highs are really high. He he's just he's Pavel Francouz. He can't do it for more than like five games in a row. It, when whenever you ask him to go longer, it all falls apart on him. Uh, it, and the thing about Ek, we talk about this a lot with the Evs. You don't have to have the best goaltender if you put a good enough defense in front of him. Ek hasn't been a good defensive defenseman since his ankle surgery Absolutely basically not. he just doesn't have the skating ability not that his skating ability is bad it's more footwork i should say with the fucked up ankle he can't defend nearly as effectively as he could when he was younger and he doesn't really make you that much better on that side of the puck on a team that already has chris letang that already has a questionable defensive depth at best. I mean, it's <sighs> definitely trading for Hellebuck at some point. Is that, that's the play? Yeah. The Hellebuck play is coming. <laughs> There's no way they, they have the assets or the no, cap to I make mean, that work. Well, <laughs> so that was the one thing I thought was interesting from who is it? I think it's San Jose's side is I, I, you know, with their rebuilding kind of, you know, mindset, they have a couple of guys that they can flip. They've got a first rounder in there. Um, yeah, I think eventually they might be able to get something out of some of these guys, but I don't think any of these guys are going to be long term for San Jose. Yeah, I know that all the San Jose guys, I think, need to get flipped or what are you doing, Sharks? Uh, I, and I think they should be able to get good assets for. It's certainly Granlin if he bounces back. Ruto definitely be worth something. Hoffman's kind of a weird guy in the NHL who's a PP specialist almost exclusively at this point. Yeah. So I don't really know. There's probably some team that'll want that at the deadline. Who knows? Was Jeff Petrie the one with the insane Hextall contract that he like extended and it was like 
I something crazy. No idea. I so that's and I think that's one thing that you can definitely see in this um, trade too is just kind of getting rid of that like hex doll. Sure, get all the ick off. <laughs> get all the ick off and make sure <clears throat> get Dubas to really like kind of plant his stamp on the franchise early. Yeah, and look, obviously Dubas is no stranger to banger moves no. and trying to shape shake up an organization, but. uh, Who's going to play defense in this lineup? Ryan Graves? Is Ryan Graves your number one defensive D? That's not going to (laughs) work. POJ's fine. fine. Yeah, Ty Smith doesn't really play defense. Marcus (laughs) Pedersen is always just like an injury away from falling apart. (sighs) It's tough. It's tough back there, man. It's tough back there. Yeah. And again, that's with Yari and, and Ned behind him. So, I don't know. I don't trust it. But on the other side, I look up at their forward cone and I go, right. They still have Crosby and Malkin. So maybe they're just old but really good still. And Just like to score goals. Well, well look. And this is the conversation on why I might not be the hugest believer in Eric Carlson. But really, Pittsburgh just needs two good years out of him. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, just finish off that Crosby contract. Exactly. Yeah. In two years, Crosby's contract is up. The year after that, Malkin's is up. When Crosby's contract is up, Crosby will be 38. Malkin will be 39. Pedersen is fine. (laughs) Yeah, I I have no problems with Marcus Pedersen, but are you really asking that dude to anchor a decor? Yeah. Me. Me. We'll see, I guess. Let's look at this. Let's look at this decor real quick. It's, uh, I mean, look, Carlson and Latang sounds super fun. I'm sure they actually will be super fun. But when you're asking guys to actually play defense, and you look at that left side, and you have Ryan Graves over there, you have POJ over there, uh, I don't know if I trust it. But, hey, maybe Lars Eller in the forward core will help them shut it down. What do I know, right? Yay, Lars. <laughs> How much did they give him? Uh, okay, that's not that's like a little expensive for Lars, but that's not terrible. A little under two and a half for two years. Uh, look, no matter what, either EK goes there and is really good for them for two years and they love it, or he's terrible, and then it only goes one of two ways. They have to give up more assets to cap dump him or they LTIR retire him. And that's just $10 million in space that they can use. And, and again, the, the term literally doesn't matter to them. By the time the third year of that contract is up, either they will be an actual old folks home for Crosby and Malkin or they will be rebuilding anyway. So who cares? Not super relevant. So... The chat is pretty positive on the pens. We've got a I've got a poll going on just oh. like how will positive. the Penguins make the playoffs next season? No, oh, I think they'll make the playoffs. Okay. Uh, most people say yes. It was 80, 83% 17. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I do you, you don't think they'll be one one point away losing losing to Chicago <laughs> out of the playoffs again? No, I I don't foresee that. 
those are the types of seasons, especially that you look at someone like Sidney Crosby and he goes, I never want to experience that ever again. Yeah. And while Crosby's decline has started, he's still a ridiculously good hockey player. Oh my gosh, he still he had a ninety point season last yeah, year. Did like, he? Like, <laughs> he's still like the fifth best setter in the league. And again, <laughs> I've not been very kind to them on this deal, but in the immediate, Eric Carlson's going to make them a better no, hockey yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. I just, I guess, I just passed this three years. <laughs> There's just nothing going for him at the moment. So. Yeah. Enjoy these three years while it lasts. Yeah, it's it really is the last gasp of Pitts this era of of Pittsburgh hockey. God, they're so old. <laughs> Latang is thirty six right now. Crosby's thirty six right now. Malkin's thirty seven. Jeff Carter is thirty eight. Eller, who they just signed, is thirty four. Even like the guys who used to be their young up and comers, Brian Rust is thirty one. <laughs> Like, yeah, (laughs) so that's an old group of dudes. All right. (laughs) Not getting any younger. Uh, I do want to get into that uh, a little bit more. But before we do, we are brought to you by the folks over at Pins and Aces and get all of your golf DNVR apparel from Pins and Aces. They got you covered head to toe hats, shirts, pants, cleats. Gloves, you name it. Whatever it is you need. Pins and Aces got you covered on the golf course. And you can use the DNVR code to get 15% off your order when you go to pinsandaces.com. So go check them out. Get your apparel. You can get uh, what are the golf club protectors. I don't – what are they called? The golf – the sleeves that sleeves? go on? I think they call them sleeves. I don't know. Do I don't they know call them sleeves? I don't I, – About golf. I golf, and I don't know what they're called. So <laughs> They sell those, too. But more importantly, they sell the liquor stick and the beer sleeve, all right? That's the important stuff. You put that either of those in your bag. The beer sleeve carries seven beers in your bag on the course. Easy way to get them on there. And the liquor stick goes right in your bag. You can serve drinks while you're out there. Be the coolest guy on the golf course. Go to pinsandaces.com. Use that DNVR code with your order. And then, once you win your golf round, win some money off your buddies, go put it into Bet365 and win some more money with them. Right now, all you have to do is deposit $10 with Bet365 using the DNVR code. And when you bet $1, all you got to do is bet $1 with Bet365, and they will give you $200 in bonus bets. Completely in on $200 in bonus bets. You can spend that $200 however you want to with Bet365. You can bet on something smart like Pittsburgh making the playoffs, or you could bet on something dumb like Pittsburgh winning the cup because I think there's a pretty big gap between those two things, and I would not put my money on Pittsburgh winning the cup, even with Eric Carlson. So that's where I would go with my bet three, six, five money. If I had to pick a team, I'd, I'd bet on the abs. I'd bet on the abs to win the cup. If I had to pick, if I had to pick today, I'd bet it on the abs. Why not feel like big Nathan McKinnon season is coming. So get over to bet three, six, five today. Uh, you can get your $200 in bonus bets when you deposit $10 with the DNVR code and make a $1 bet. That code is DNVR365 when you sign up. Make sure to use it. Must be 21 or older, physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast is AJ Hayfley. Is Eric Carlson the truth? I mean, he's pretty good. That's that's the conclusion that I came to as well. He's pretty good, yeah. but I I don't know if he makes Pittsburgh contenders. I I get it. Sure. Like, you know, I actually think, um, yeah, you know, yesterday when we were talking about like the slow demise of the Avs in the late 2000s, early 2010s, uh, and how like with uh, with Sackick and Hayduke and all that, like they they felt compelled to continue going for it because they had those guys and they didn't want to try and rebuild and at the end of those careers. Um, I, I mean, you're kind of seeing the same thing in Pittsburgh uh, is that those guys, you know, that, that trio with, with Crosby, Malkin and Latang, like they, uh, they owe it to them to, to just keep going for it. And, you know, Eric Carlson is obviously coming off a great season and, there are deficiencies in his game, of course, but um, I mean, hey, I think they're, the the trade was so inconsequential in terms of assets that the the biggest asset that they gave up was the cap space, you know, the the opportunity cost of the next few years with Carlson. So, you know, we'll we'll see. I think it'll be pretty cool. Um, it'll be a really interesting. How's it going to work with Chris Letang? Because they're kind of they kind of work together. So, but we'll, you know, we'll see. We'll see indeed. Um, AJ, I, I've been racking my brain trying to think of like a team that has made this work in the sense of like actually gotten to the cup in this, our really good players are aging out and we're just throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks. And I, I'm struggling to come up with one. Because even like even the 01 Avs, who really was the second year Bork was with them, the team was not an old core. It was very much a core in their prime that just added an old player. I'd want to go back and look at the roster, but maybe like Boston in 2019. Okay. When they lost to St. Louis. Uh, I mean, obviously... A lot of those guys have gone on to continue playing like Bergeron yeah. and Krejci, but it's certainly not a young core there. And you still had Z at that point. And Tukarask. Yeah. And, so, and even then they didn't win the cup. They just made the final, right? But Yeah, I mean, you lose in seven, man. Like, that's as close as it gets, right? Yeah, but it's not winning. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's you know how it is, man. This is the 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 NHL is the well, we're just gonna try to get in and we're gonna hope that the few things go our way and that we get hot at the right time. Yeah. Florida Florida was what a minute from losing in the first round? Pretty like, much. Like their margin of error was insanely thin between the Cinderella run that they had and the yeah. first round exit. Yeah. Like it, it, and that's, that's postseason <laughs> hockey. Sometimes the thing is like, they don't win cups, but I do think you see teams 
that are on the older side have some decent success in the playoffs. Dallas over the last couple of years has made deep pushes, even if they haven't won a cup uh, with a core that continues to get older with Ben, uh, obviously Pavelski the last couple of years, they had Radulov for a while. Uh, they've gone now, obviously, but have, have kind of navigated those waters decently before that. Honestly, San Jose, who had Pavelski at the time, an aging Joe Thornton, an aging Patrick Marlowe, made it to a cup final too. So while there might not be cup winning success, there are aging teams that have been successful to a certain extent in the playoffs. It, totally. Like you can you can win a round or two. You know, we've we've the stars have made a cup final and a conference final in the last handful of years. Yeah. Um you know, outside of winning a cup, you you could look at their postseason success, and they've been a little more successful than Colorado has been. Um, obviously, winning the cup's kind of a big thing there, but <laughs> changes the math a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I I I think you know the the aging roster conversation is funny because we still talk about a team like Dallas, and you go and you look at their team, and you're like. Meh. It's not the oldest it's ever been, I don't think. Yeah. I I mean, probably not, but we also live in an era where the league is probably the youngest it's ever been on the whole. So it's a pretty young league right now. Um, but and yeah, like Pittsburgh is a um you know, their their guys are getting up there. I mean, I don't think they have a single guy that is set to play any kind of meaningful role in their forward court under the age of 30. So you are, I mean, you are talking about old. Yeah. I... Like, and, and across an 82-game season, that's hard to it's hard to hold up it's hard yeah. to and it's hard to be at your best after 82 games and uh going through the actual you know the 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 regular season in the NHL is sort of the when you're doing a uh, if you're running a marathon it, the 82 games season is like the first 26 miles and the uh the postseason is the last quarter mile I feel like you're Where, way underselling the length of the postseason, but sure. It it is it is underselling the length of it, but it's it's that last part of it where it's like it's it's very hard to be at your absolute best at the end of it. Definitely. And and when you are, you know, and that this is the one thing, you know, old any anybody that's had their thirty fifth birthday can tell you that one day you just wake up and you're like, Oh, my back just hurts every day. It's just magic that way, you know. Oh, I've got this thing aches, and this this thing is a is a problem. But and none of us and none of us are pro athletes, so you know, and and going out there and getting rocked on a on a regular basis and going through the physical rigors that is the NHL postseason. So it's very. I think it's a it's a it's a gamble. It's funny because NHL teams obsess over experience, but at this point, you're kind of like. Might be a little too much uh, experience in that locker room and not enough uh, youthful vigor. Because they don't really have, like, what is it? It's like P. 
Pierre Olivier Joseph yeah. is like their only true young guy. If they actually want to play Alex Nylander, I guess. And even he's like 25. He's not like young. Yeah, you don't really want to do that. Yeah, I know. But yeah, their decor is wild to me. I, I don't understand how it's going to work. You already mentioned yeah, the Latang um, thing, but you you're that's a lot of reliance on Ryan Graves. Yeah, and I think Marcus Patterson is probably one of the the more underrated defensive defensemen in the NHL. Like I really like him for what he is. Um and and putting putting one of Patterson and one of Graves next to a Latang and, and Carlson. Yeah is probably the way to go. But also if you're down by a goal late in the game, you can just put Latang and Carlson <laughs> together and just kind of full, you know, just the, the full YOLO with are it. There enough, and... Are there enough pucks for that though? Like, uh, yeah. I mean, I think you, you, you have to try it. So I guess you're in that room. You might as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Let me ask you this. I, I kind of already set my expectations. EK next year. What is Pittsburgh asking out of him? 60? 70? 60 is the number that I think is real realistic because okay. he's not gonna be in he's not gonna be in ev- absolutely every single situation for him to go uh do what he did in San Jose last year. Uh, I just think that T- uh, Latang will cannibalize the opportunity. Yeah. enough to keep those numbers down but if he continues to play the style wise the same way that he did defensively yeah in his own zone it's going to be an issue but offensively <laughs> there's no reason there's no reason to think it can't it can't be quite a bit of fun yeah, and that, still provide a decent amount of success that's what the conclusion i came to as well i think they're going to be hella fun i think they're a playoff team I don't know that they can go deep in the playoffs. I don't know if they're a playoff team. Really? I don't I don't feel I don't feel 100% confident that they're a playoff team. I don't I I think I think they are in that bundle of teams that I think is going to be in the mix for wild card spots. Um Oof, I give I, more I, credit than that. Well, I I think I think between Washington and Buffalo um the Islanders like you've got you've got a like a group there that they're gonna have to hey they've got 82 games to sort that out and I think those are the teams that are gonna be vying for those spots. Um, I don't know that there's going to be I I also don't know where I, I know I said this last year but uh, I don't know where Boston fits into this picture either. They I, have yeah all they have taken a lot of personnel losses and I think losing Bergeron. <laughs> is culture defining shock right there well and then to go bergeron and crazy and at the moment at the moment i mean you're talking they've lost bergeron crazy taylor hall and tyler bertuzzi out of that top nine this offseason and that is a lot of l's to take and you lose dimitri orlov you don't know that you're going to get the kind of goaltending that they've gotten out, that they got last year out of Olmark and Swayman. Yep. I think that that's a that's a really big question mark for me is is what happens with the Bruins. 
I feel comfortable that the Maple Leafs and the Lightning will be somewhere be good, yeah. in the postseason, uh, barring major injury to a very important player uh, or multiple, I guess. Um, I, I think those two teams are probably in it, but the rest of that, who knows? I don't, I, so yeah, so I don't know. I, I don't know that uh, Pittsburgh is a playoff team. I think that they're, I, I, I feel more confident that Pittsburgh's a playoff team than Detroit's a playoff team. I feel more confident that Pittsburgh's a playoff team than Ottawa is a playoff team. But after that, hmm. a lot of teams to climb over, perhaps. I just think there, there are going to, there is going to be a, a kind of a car crash there, you know, a, a pile up. Um, and I even, I, I would even say, I would probably have them on the outside right now. But you have to keep in mind, I think, Ooh. I think Columbus, I think Columbus is going to be a team that you want to keep a low key eye on this year. There's, there's very little chance that they have something like 500 man games lost worth of injury. And uh, they have reinforced their defense and their offense in big time, meaningful ways in this off season. And I, th- I, I think they're going to at least get in that like playoff hopeful mix with the other teams. All right. Well, you can, you can root for the up and coming Columbuses and Buffaloes of the world. And I'll root for beating them down continually as has been the case. <laughs> Cold. Uh, I I think that's probably underselling the Rangers a little bit, but yeah, me too. I think the Rangers are pretty easy. Uh, yeah, they're they have they have an elite player at every posi- at at uh, on all three levels. You make the playoffs when that happens. You just do. I I want to get into the GM conversation here with Pittsburgh, as Dubas is now officially the guy it's no longer interim is it his head on a spike when this era inevitably comes to an end or is this an understanding of they're going all in and then he'll get to be part of the rebuild i mean zero games played have been played uh, in the kyle dubas era so uh i think it's premature to talk about his head being on a spike well i look there is a rebuild coming in the next half decade for Pittsburgh, right? Unless Sidney Crosby defies father time and is amazing until 42. Yeah. That rebuild's coming. I think it's pretty likely. Yeah. Um, We'll see. I, 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 you never know how these teams transition in and out of this. We said the same thing about the Rangers and the Rangers won two lotteries in a row. And then a bunch of really good players said they would only play for the Rangers. True. You know, you look at, you look at where the Rangers are right now. And Adam Fox literally was like, no, I got drafted. I don't even give a shit who I got drafted by. Oh, another team traded for me. It does not matter. I will play for nobody, but the Rangers. Yeah. Like that's not the Rangers doing anything. That's the Rangers just existing and getting hilariously lucky. Well, and Pittsburgh and that ended up New York to be fair. Right, but you don't what I'm saying is you don't know what's going to, you know, you don't know what kind of player decisions could impact these things over the next few years. If they do if they do decide to do that rebuild, you know, that everybody's favorite Sidney Crosby to Colorado rumor could start. <laughs> I'm here you for know, it. when when Ryan Johansson decide, is gone in two years and the Avs need another 2C, here you go. <laughs> uh, it would be, that would be fun. Like, 
my Dubas, pick up the phone, make that call. Less about heads on spikes, but is this Dubas getting cut loose a little bit? Obviously, all the info came out in Toronto about how things were handled there and how everything had to go through uh, Shanahan. Do you feel like this is Dubas finally getting to do what he wants a little bit? Uh, sure. I mean, he gets to he gets to prove it all over again. Okay. Um, you know, I I mean, he just he's super well respected around the league for a reason. I think that he gets to he gets to show what he can do in a different situation where okay. he's not he's not working with a framework of Austin Matthews and William Nylander, Mitch Marner, you know, three extremely talented young players that he just gets to set and forget into his, into his forward core for the foreseeable future. I, even Morgan Riley. I mean, you can toss that guy in there. Um, this is how can he, th- it, this is different because he's trying to get blood from a stone with this, with this pens era. Sure. And, you know, he's walking in with a lot of tied up money. Uh, in in terms of the you know Crosby Malkin Latang uh, Tristan Jari has a contract that lasts a bunch of years. Ricard Raquel Brian Rust all have all have deals. Jake Gensel uh, has a has a decision to be made um, coming up next year. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of money here. So uh, or a lot of committed money. And in the terms of Gensel, what should be committed money? Because that guy's pretty good. Uh, so I, I think it's uh, it's just a different challenge entirely from Toronto, and uh, he gets to he gets to prove because if he's the if he's that guy, you know, <laughs> then he can he can make it happen. I think one thing that you do already have to give him some credit for the creativity and the willingness sure. to just go out and find solutions. If they were they were in an ugly cap situation going into this off season. They've made some hard decisions and I, you know, they're still not in like an amazing cap situation, but they're you, essentially you, compliant given the time Gensel is going to miss. So, yeah. And you add Ryan Graves, Riley Smith, and uh, obviously Eric Carlson. I, I think they're in better shape than when the season ended. I don't know I how agree. much of a step forward that is, but you know, it's, it, I think it's um, I I think it's a, an an encouraging start to the off season for him, uh, in his first off season where you didn't have a lot of time, you ju- you just drop right in and you just go for it. So, well, we'll you know, we'll see. With that I, but many, I I like it. With that many aging hockey players, Pittsburgh better be drinking their AG one. That's all I'm saying. All right. You can go get your AG1 today. Jump on it. They got 75 different vitamins and minerals in there. Antigen and probiotics, adaptogens. I can't even say the words of the things that are in AG1 because they're fancy and they make you feel good. They're part of many athletes' daily routines. It'll kickstart your immune system. It does a bunch of amazing stuff for you. So check it out. Go over to drinkag1.com slash avalanche today. 
The comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine. Try AG1 and get a free year supply of vitamin D as well as five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Again, it's drinkag1.com slash avalanche. Get over there today to get all the goodies and the AG1 itself, which is very good for you. Uh, also brought to you by the guys over at Bacchus and Shanker. Old, got a bad back, just get hit by a car and then get all of your medical bills paid for. It's that easy. Okay. <laughs> two, 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 two today, or go to coloradolaw.net. I jest, but if you have been in an accident, whether it's car related, maybe it's a ride share situation, maybe you've gotten run over repeatedly by the 8,000 scooters downtown, uh, any of those options, if you've been injured and need compensation, Bacchus and Shanker, Got your back. They'll give you a free consultation no matter what at the two number or coloradolaw.net. If they think you have a case, they'll take it on initially completely for free. You pay them nothing until you win your case. So it's not like you need money up front. Anyone can afford to do this. Uh, check them out. They've won over a billion dollars for their clients over the last 25 years. So they know a thing or two about winning some money. Uh, a lot more money than EK is going to make in his career. How about that? Uh, again, two number. ColoradoLaw.net. Get Bacchus and Shanker to get you what you deserve. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. I kind of want to pivot here. And I understand that these are two teams, two players, and two very different situations. But I find it fascinating watching the EK trade get done. Pittsburgh taking on that $10 million in cap space for four years, in fact. And then on the flip side, you're watching Arizona sign Matt Dumba to a one-year, just under $4 million deal on August 8th. Yeah. it's and, and look, I get Dumba has had a rough couple of years. It's certainly things did not work out towards the end there in Minnesota for him, but watching these older players with long-term contracts compared to not just Dumba, but the number of players this year that we've seen take the short-term bets on themselves, especially mm -hmm. in that age range of 28, 29, 30 that are looking to get that next big contract that takes them into their, you know, 35 and up, whatever. In how many players are going to regret this, I guess, is my question. Is Matt Dumba someone that could be looking back and going, boy, I should have taken a term instead of a one year? Uh, I, I mean, I don't. Of course, you can't see the future. You don't know how they're going to play. But With Dumba specifically, I don't know how much. I, I don't know how robust a, a market with term actually was. Sure. Um, coming off the kind of year that he, he is right now, I mean, it just. I think it was really hard to invest in him for multiple years, uh, knowing that he has been a reputation over reality guy for a couple of seasons, uh, and that the a lot of the selling point is like, oh, he's a two-way guy. You know, he had like 14 points last year. It was bad. And yeah. defensively, defensively, he's played next to Jonas Brodeen for such a long time that how good how good is he really away from that guy? Can he anchor a pairing on his own or does he kind of need to be hidden a little bit next to one of the, this generation's best defensive defensemen? Sure. So with, with Dumba in particular, I think um, I was not 
as surprised that he was sitting out on the market and he took a deal like this. I was um, not surprised by the deal. I was surprised that he got nearly four million. To be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, you're t- you're talking John Klingberg did like double this last year, so yeah, John Klingberg was at least double as good. Yeah, but I mean, I that's also a team that. Uh, you know, had had that space, I guess, if they wanted to spend it. You know, it wasn't wasn't hard for the Coyotes to decide to do that. But, um, I do think that there are a handful of players that are going to be looking at this roll of the dice that they had, uh, and saying in a couple of years and saying, I might have gotten caught up in this because the the this this whole thing about oh, well, the cap's going to go up and there's going to be all this money and all these guys are just going to wait for it. Okay, but the cap also is going to go up. You know, two years from now, the cap has gone up twice. A lot of these guys are back in the market again. So are all the other guys. Yeah. That's two years worth of players that are also getting deals. It's not like they're, the teams are just going to be sitting on the exact salary that they've already committed to. And those guys are going to go into the market and be the only ones back out there. There's multiple years worth of players that are going to be getting paid. You know, the Devon Taveses of the world, the Brett Pesci's of the world, we'll see in a year, you know, what what those guys get in terms of new contracts. But like in two years, the number one free agent could be Sidney Crosby. (laughs) I I mean, Leon Dreisaitl. (laughs) There you go. You know, like it's... You're you're talking about that this money is going to be spent, yeah, elsewhere for teams to just keep guys, and this was also one of the weakest free agent classes in recent memory. Yep. Each of the next couple of years look much stronger, and uh, granted, a year out, free agent classes always look pretty decent. Uh, but you'll you know that you know that when teams re-sign guys, they're spending that money. They're making cap commitments. That's all cap space that disappears for these, oh, well, the cap is going up, dreaming situations. Guys still have to go out and perform. I'm not convinced that Gavrikov is getting paid in two years. He's got to go and he's got to do the job. If he goes and he plays well and performs, he'll get paid. That won't be a problem. But his competition is going to be a lot tougher and the the cap certainly will go up, but also a lot, a lot of guys are going to get paid a lot of money. You yep. know, there are going to be other guys out there that that take the commitments that they can get, and they're going to run with them. So I I do think you know the you know Matt Dumba Arizona's defense is cool because literally every single player is unsigned after it, this it, season. It's the full one year. Get ready yeah. for the the world's greatest flip at the trade deadline. <laughs> yeah, and like you know, like like Troy Stetcher and Matt Dunbar are the UFAs, right? And yeah. then after that, you have a bunch of RFAs where it's like, eh, we'll we'll just see how these guys play. Sure, but it it's it's going to be. I think I think with Arizona, I think you look at Arizona and all of a sudden you start talking yourself into like. This roster is not bad. I hear what you're saying, and I actually think I agree with it, but I also think it would be a horrible mistake for them to not sell at the deadline. 
pretty much no matter what. Well, I mean, you have to see where you are at the deadline, but I think I think the obvious candidate that's going to get you a first round pick is Jason Zucker. Yeah. And if Matt Dumba does have a really good year, if he's got thirty five points at the deadline or something, yeah. If he does have an in, uh, a pretty good year, Karel Vamelka could be a guy that that they have conversations about. Yep. Uh, but I think I think beyond that, a lot of these are building block guys, guys that they want to keep. You know, the Lawson Kraus, Nick Schmaltz, Clayton yeah. Keller, Matias Michelli, those guys shouldn't be going anywhere yeah. right now. Other than and Schmaltz, if com- I agree. If they're if they're competitive, they shouldn't be fire sailing it. It should be see if you can get what you want to get for Jason Zucker because he's probably not going to stick there long term. Uh, and then Matt Dumba, you know, and, and hey, if you can get a fifth round pick for Troy Stetcher, great, I guess. But I, you know, I don't know. I, I think that they are in a, I, I think they're trying to be competitive here. And I think that the, I think part of that is also because they are bringing in Dylan Gunther and Logan Cooley and they're I trying to send that. this message. They're trying to send this message to everybody that, hey, we're not, we're not doing this anymore. Look, yeah, it's we're not we're not hard tanking. We're trying to we're trying to build and move forward. It's the hardest spot for any franchise to be in, right? To try and get over that hump of going from being bad actively to actually being a competitive team that can make the playoffs and not getting stuck in the drafting 13th overall every year where ah uh, yeah no I don't I don't think it's the hardest step at all I think it's the easiest step to make really but yeah think, oh yeah absolutely, I think it's man. really hard to get out of that I I do not uh no I don't I don't think so I think that I think for Arizona specifically my concern is how much better are you expecting your best players to get uh I think that's if, a fair if, concern. Because if Barrett Hayton has a 1C kind of year, if Logan Cooley and Dylan Genther live up to their draft position and they're actually really, really good. Yeah. To me, there's a lot that of helps. in the Cooley basket right now. Yeah, totally. And I think I think even uh, Craig over at PHNX wrote about why he might be their like most important draft pick ever. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's a big reason why is because there are a lot of eggs in the Logan Cooley basket (laughs) and, you know, I'm, we'll, we'll see if he can, if he can stick at center and be a, be a high end impact guy for them and they got that pick right, then yeah, that propels them way forward because you put that guy between Keller and Schmaltz and suddenly you do have a top line. And then you do really like the depth between uh, Kraus and Michelli, and it, if certainly Hayden if Barrett Hayden, whoever, yeah, yeah, takes a step forward, and Dylan Genther is the goal scorer that they're hoping he is, you know, and then you do you do have some guys that are hanging around their forward depth uh, at the prospects uh, from a prospects perspective is really encouraging and is exciting. Uh, their their defense uh, a little less so, but. I I think that they should certainly be taking a step out of the this is a 60 point team. Right now they look like a to me they look like a high 70 low 80 point team. Uh, just assuming everybody kind of plays to 
career norms and there isn't like a sure. yeah a, a major major variance either uh good or bad because uh bad obviously can tank you uh and good can can make you see stars two things there how much of this push by arizona is to or rather is a, a show of good faith to prospects like Cooley, who initially was going to go back to college this year is, is a significant portion of this for Arizona showing their prospects. Hey, we are making progress. We do want to take steps towards winning. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would say it's certain it's not, not a part of it. Okay. But mid, not the biggest part. Yeah. I would say that this is just where they, they tried to burn it down for Bedard, and they outperformed. Yeah. They and and at this point now they're just like okay, they saw opportunities with guys like Dumba and Zucker. Those sure. don't feel like long term solutions there. Yeah. Um. And you know a guy like Kerfoot, they get on a they get on a multi year deal. Uh. That might that that could kind of fit into their the roster rise. in a couple different sure. spots. Yeah. You know, they give they give Kerfoot and Bukestad a couple of year deals, and those are those are kind of like your your lineup filler guys. Like these are these are better these are better players than some of the guys who are bottom of the league caliber players who have been playing in those roles for them in in recent seasons. Sure. So great that that makes them better, but I I just think that this is where they view themselves as an organization, and it's hard to say that they're wrong, but. Clayton Keller's 25 years old. You know, is he yeah. really going to put up with another two more years of this? Yeah, fair. I understand that he's got a lot of years left on his contract, but you don't want that guy unhappy because if that guy becomes unhappy, a drafted, homegrown, developed there, you played, can't keep you know, him, you can't keep anyone. Yeah. It well, and and because what message does it send to Logan, the Logan Cooleys of the world, if you can't keep Clayton Keller happy. Yeah. If if that guy who has put in a lot of blood, sweat, and losses uh, into into the Coyotes organization at, in the heart of his career decides I have to get out of here before I don't ever have a chance to, yeah. before before I don't have a chance to go and play my best hockey and be a part of something somewhere else, if if they can't keep him happy, then they have a really big culture problem. And so I think a lot of this is is just about telling telling everyone in the world we're serious about this. We may not be able to figure out the arena situation, which is very complicated and far more than anything that the GM can handle. But from a hockey perspective, they're saying, okay, we really like the group that we have. We think we can compete with them in the next couple of years, and we're going to go for it. I also think that Connor Bedard landing in Chicago ups the ante for Arizona to say, okay, we have to take this seriously. Yeah. Because if, if they get surpassed by Chicago, who's replacing them at the bottom right now? It's Arizona. Yeah. So it's, you know, they, they're, they're in a precarious position where they kind of have to, they kind of have to take this a little seriously. And I think that's exactly what they're doing. I think the sport is better for it when a team like Arizona decides Mullen. we're oh, taking yeah. a step forward. For we're sure. doing this. I, I definitely think you have to see those teams move forward eventually. You can't just perennially be at the bottom. Um, 
And it might not work, but you have to at least try. Second thing there. (laughs) And it might not work. Correct. How enjoyable is it that we cover a team that is no longer in the hoping and wishing stage? I I guess I just, our hopes and wishes are just way different, right? (laughs) They're a little bit. I think everybody, everybody's in the hope. We're <laughs> in life. Time. We're all, we're all at all times in the hoping and wishing stage. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But certain, certainly, man, it is nice to not be in that. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I've told, I've told some people that maybe the most fun season that we've ever had uh, in in my time covering the Avalanche was the seventeen eighteen Avs. Yeah. Because they're just there were no expectations for them, yep. and everybody Every was just was awesome. really excited yeah. to be there. Maybe even the next season too, when they when they won that series against Calgary as as the wild card team, yep. and then pushed San Jose to seven, where there were no. It's so it blows my mind. It will always blow my mind that people look back and they lump that in with this is a this is a failure. Compared to of the, the coach and, and the organization yeah. and whatever, because at the time that was not a single avalanche fan felt that way. Not, not one of them felt like it was a failure. And it was more like that was, that was a ton of fun. This team has, this team is so back, baby. This is going to be amazing. I can't wait to see what they do in the future. All the pieces are in place. This is going to be a, this rules. Uh, and I think that that's the kind of, era that the coyotes are hoping to embark upon is the this is just a lot of fun well good luck to them uh we are gonna wrap up our show here we appreciate all y'all hanging out with us uh we'll be back tomorrow with another show uh, we might talk middle probably won't talk middle sixes tomorrow that might come later in the week i don't know uh but we appreciate all y'all uh we are brought to you by breckenridge brewery you can get your beer either here at the bar on tap uh, come down if you're local August 18th live show the NVR abs Megan and I will be doing it hanging out with you at the bar come say hi we'll we'll talk to you chat you up about hockey or whatever uh, but yeah get your Breck Brew also locally with the breckbrew.com use the Breck Beer Locator over there uh, other than that we are out of here I guess bye <laughs>